God is with you. Let us pray. God, who is faithful when all foundations crumble, in the time of crisis, as holy places fall and nations stumble, give us the conviction to bear witness to love, whatever the cost. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Yesterday, we celebrated Henry's ninth birthday and Amos's fourth birthday. They were both born on November 12th, which some of you will remember because you were here at this church supporting us when Amos was born. Some of you have seen Henry grow from a one-year-old to a nine-year-old. And I've had the privilege of seeing some of your children born and grow. It's such a blessing to see life unfold in that way. Recently, Mary Beth and I have been experiencing more of the other end of life. We both have parents that are aging. We see them struggle with their bodies and the effects that has on their dignity and self-worth, trouble walking, not being able to control when they go to the bathroom. It's natural, but it's not easy. It's not easy for them, and it's not easy for us. These people to whom we've looked all our lives for comfort and stability, like temples, are now declining. Not one stone will be left on top of another. It is the way of this life, the way of this planet. These bodily temples and the physical temples we build all come down. Impermanence is the nature of this world. Jesus' statements here predict the destruction of the temple by the Roman Empire in the year 70 of the Common Era. Luke was written after the temple's destruction, so the lament is fresh and the words would have seemed prophetic. Years ago, I traveled to Jerusalem. I went to the Western Wall and to the Temple Mount. My feet have stepped where Jesus stepped. My hands touched the stones placed around the temple generations before Jesus. And it was a reminder to me, not of the greatness of what we build, but of the greatness of the grace that tears us down and builds anew with that which was us. While I am comfortable, reasonably comfortable, with the destruction of my body, and even of the culture that I know, the times that I know, I have a harder time accepting the decline of the entire biotic community. Right now, we're in the midst of what they call the sixth mass extinction. And of course, we're dealing with climate change. 
yes, everything changes, but the level of suffering, the mass destruction and extinction and the migrations that will come with climate change are not something I can accept passively. Every week in our prayers of the people, we pray the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. In the last 50 years, this prayer has been associated with the recovery community, particularly with Alcoholics Anonymous. The prayer is famously authored by Reinhold Niebuhr, probably around the 1930s, early 1930s. And in 1941, AA founder Bill W. and his staff started incorporating it after seeing it in a New York Times article. Bill W. said of the prayer, Never had we seen so much AA in so few words. Be it recovery from addiction, facing climate change, or addressing our loved ones, we human beings have issues with control. The serenity prayer and other forms of prayer and contemplation put control back where it belongs without losing passion to make a love-spreading difference. Today, Jesus gives us some advice about control. He says, do not prepare your defense in advance. Don't prepare your defense in advance. Don't prepare what you're going to say. This reminds me of the neuroscience of like improvisation. During improvisation, the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex decreases in activity and the medial prefrontal cortex increases. I know you all know what that means, but I'll go ahead and repeat the idea. The dorsolateral prefrontal cortex is your inner critic. It's the bit that tells you uh, you're not good enough or this is kind of where like shame and those sorts of things are settled. In improvisation, those things, in great improvisation, those things are shut down. And we move into kind of more of like a flow state. It's interesting about a flow state. One thing about that, as as we turn off that critic and go into that um, that fully present flow, there's a decreased long-term memory. People in a flow state generally cannot remember what happened to them during that time. In other words, they surrender control. But Jesus' advice isn't just about the power of improvisation. Jesus is reminding us, don't get defensive. Don't build up walls. Stay soft, or as Brene Brown might say, stay vulnerable. Despite the hatred, despite injustice, despite the loss and the pain, stay able to love at a moment's notice. This week, I, I came home after a long day, and I, and I saw Amos there alone. He, was, uh, he had spent the day with Mary Beth and then with our nanny Lupe, 
uh, for just a couple hours. And then when I got home, he was just so excited after having all that time with people that he loved. He was just on fire. And, he, and when I came in, he, he immediately put like his hand on top of his head and, and moved toward me and said, Rawr, and he said, tiger shark. Rawr. And as he did that, I snapped out of my kind of work face, um, like frantic state of mind and, and immediately turned into a fish and he chased me around playing tiger shark. <laughs> so fantastic. Just being able to play in that way. The source of that play is the same source of our life. It is the same source of the softness, that which makes us able to love. If you feel scared or threatened or unsure about the future, turn to the source of softness. Turn your heart to trust in the love that made you and made all things. You may lose your life. You may lose your relationships. You will definitely face opposition. But you will gain your soul. You will gain love eternal. Not a stone will be left on stone. But God will build something better. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.